Welcome everybody to the Locked On Lakers podcast. I'm Anthony, Anthony Irwin. I am uh, joined by you guys. Honestly, I'm, I'm going to be completely honest here. The plan was to enjoy the rest of my birthday weekend and call it a weekend and, and then get going for Tuesday's show. Uh, seeing as we, we aren't going to have, it looks like we aren't going to have that long of an offseason uh, with Adam Silver potentially talking about coming back in, in December, I was going to take a couple, you know, longish weekends, but then the Dodgers went out and won <laughs> and, and, and they won in the fashion that they won. And I, there's no way, like, let's, <laughs> there's no way I'd be sleeping right now anyway. So I figured I would hop on here and answer your guys' questions. And there are a ton of them. Uh, so let's go ahead and get started on that. Uh, the first one here comes from, uh, Richard in Vegas and he writes, hey, Anthony, Pete, and or Harrison, hey, just wanted to be one of the people to point out how amazing the show shows have been with the three of you. Uh, we we appreciate it. One day, okay, like I, you know, like I say, one day maybe, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll be able to, to host a show regularly together. But uh, contractually right now, it's, it's, it's pretty difficult. Uh, but I appreciate the sentiment. It's, it's, a, it's a combination that we know is good and... And you guys should see our, our group texts and our group messages between the three of us. It's, it's <laughs> They get even more fun. Uh, the question or topic, if you will, is if you guys agree and most likely notice that the basketball we got to say being displayed in the bubble was some of the best I've seen in a compact period of time. I have to say it was amazing. I never watched so many games of other teams. Uh, maybe that part has to do with the hiatus, but regardless, I enjoyed it. Wanted to also point out that it was similar to what Michael Jordan referred to when he said, uh, or to when he was sh- when he was shooting Space Jam in The Last Dance. Uh, love the late, love the show, guys. Go Lakers, Richard in Vegas. Uh, well, one, I, I appreciate the the sentiment there at the end. The, the The Michael Jordan comparison here with what he said he was doing uh, while shooting Space Jam is a fun one. He was just cycling players, and they were just playing nonstop pickup games. I like it. I, I, you know, I compared it to the, you know, any AAU tournament that you play growing up, or, or for for us, you know, when I was in high school, we would go to, you know, San Diego, Santa Barbara, Vegas, and same kind of thing. You're just sitting there and you play three, four games a day, uh, and then at night you would be staying at the hotel where there are other guy, other, other teams, uh, that we were, that we were at the hotel with or that we were competing against and they'd be at the hotel too. So we'd see them there at the pool and, and it would, you know, really develop a, a really cool camaraderie there. Uh, and, and I think that's what a lot of the guys that were, that were there have, have compared this to the guys who liked it. And honestly, I, I kind of understand it if, you know, it's, it's fun for a weekend and even Vegas, the, the Vegas trip that we would make every year, uh, that was that was a week-long trip. But you're talking about weeks, months uh, away from your family. Like when you're in high school, you don't have kids to come home to. You don't have pets. You don't have, well, you probably have pets. But uh, you don't think of them maybe in the same way that you that you do when it's like your dog and, and it's your family and it's your home that you're missing. So... Uh, I, I, and, and then also when you're, when you're that age, like you're so immersed in your teammates and, and those are the people that you want to hang out with all the time anyway. So getting a full week of, of just hanging out with your friends, uh, is, is pretty awesome. But 
that's not always the dynamic that you see in the NBA. Fortunately for the Lakers, that was the the dynamic that they had, and and I think it really showed in in the energy that they showed throughout the bubble experience. Uh, and then regarding the the caliber of of basketball and the experience of watching other teams, it's 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 interesting to think about. I think obviously the fact that there hadn't been basketball for so long, you just want to dive right back in. And that hiatus really helped in terms of the engagement that we all had with uh, the entire NBA bubble. The other thing to keep in mind is that the Lakers were good and they were going to the playoffs and they, and you wanted to, if it looked like the Lakers were going to be facing the Blazers, you wanted to watch Blazers games. If it looked like, or when it looked like the Lakers were going to be facing Houston, you watched as many Houston games as you could and so on and so forth throughout the bubble. And, and that was part of what I really missed while the Lakers weren't very good quite frankly uh, you would you would watch those other teams but it wasn't quite the same and and it's funny because we're just fans right we're just we're just sitting there we're bystanders we don't really have an impact on everything that's going on there and yet you find yourself scouting you find yourself looking for advantages that you could talk to your friends about uh, just as if you were a member of the team and and that kind of gets back to the the cool aspect of sports the fun aspect of sports is is that you can get yourself to to think like that even though obviously we aren't on those teams we aren't teammates with those guys we don't we don't have avenues to to hit them up and and tell them about these these various things and ticks that the other team has that you might be able to take advantage of uh and yet it's all part of the experience it's it's all part of 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 what you love about supporting a good team and and i can't wait to do it all over again next season let's take a quick second here when we come back i'm going to keep answering your questions today's show is brought to you in part by built bar head on over to builtbar.com use promo code locked on and you'll save 20 bucks off or 20 percent off your next order not your first one uh definitely not your last one you are going to you for every order that you put on uh, when you go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on, you're going to save 20%. And that's just more incentive to get your, get involved with this really cool property and this awesome uh, company that produces really good stuff. I stand behind everything that we sell on this show and basically nothing more so than with Built Bar. It tastes great. It's nutritious. I'm trying to cut weight right now uh, heading into the off season because this long ass season did terrible things to my body and, and supporting the Dodgers is doing even worse things to my body. Uh, and and Built Bar is, is making that easy even while I'm super busy chasing around Avery. So again, head on over to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON and save 20 bucks, 20% off your next order. One more time, promo code locked on for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, your next question here comes from, uh, we have it from, Vet 57. Uh, oh, no. It's, yeah. Yeah. Vet 57 writes, we are already seeing rumors roll around the futures of Phil Handy and Jason Kidd. What do you predict will happen and what other assistants are out there that the Lakers can bring in to replace them if they leave? 
well, you know, I talked about in, in the in the last in the last segment how cool it was to see how close the Lakers are, and that extends to the coaching staff. And you know, I don't like complimenting the Clippers, but one thing that I really give them credit for is as that organization has had success, and other teams have tried to poach parts of that front office. Uh, as the NBA tends to do, uh, they've, for the most part, been able to keep a lot of the important guys and, or, or people. And here with the Lakers, same kind of thing, where I'm sure there were offers out there for for increased roles or more money and all of that stuff. And Frank Vogel's staff seems to be intact heading into next year. Uh, and, and, you know, for how long that continues, I'm sure if they win another championship, it's going to be impossible to tell people not to take, you know, the, the, the better offers or the better opportunities that they might not have because Frank Vogel isn't going anywhere or the person above them isn't going anywhere. So, uh, you know, Pete and I, I thought, had a really good conversation about Phil Handy. I hope that he gets a larger role somewhere someday. Uh, even, you know, hopefully it's with the Lakers because I would like to see what he can do if he gets out of just strictly uh, player development. So, yeah, I, this is how it goes. Usually good teams get poached. In this case, the Lakers didn't. And, you know, part of that, part of that, you know, you're looking at some of the assistants that the Lakers have. Uh, Lionel Hollins has been a head coach previously and, Maybe teams weren't interested in bringing on a retread uh, in that manner. You had, you know, younger assistants who maybe teams don't really look at in, in that regard in terms of what they could do in, in a larger role. But I will say that it it kind of speaks to, I don't want to sound like I'm whining here, but it kind of speaks to a lack of respect the league has for the success that the Lakers had, Right. We already saw how executives feel about Rob Polinka uh, in in the results of of executive of the year voting. Uh, we see how uh, voters in general felt about how the Lakers did beyond AD and, and LeBron's first team All NBA votes. So I I kind of feel like some of how the you know the lack of poaching that has gone on with the Lakers is basically the league in a way saying that nah, LeBron and AD are doing all the work there and any kind of straggling work is is basically being done by Frank Vogel and you know maybe someday we'll 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 poach him but you're going to have to do more you're going to have to have more success than most people with your resume at this stage of your career. It's stupid. I think they're missing out on some opportunities uh, with with some good hires, good potential hires. But if it means that the Lakers are are benefiting, then great. And also to answer the second part of the question, uh, I, I answered it in part by saying that they haven't lost anybody, so thus they don't really need to add anybody uh, to replace anybody. Uh, if they were going to add somebody, you know, maybe – a more strategically mined offensive coach would have made some sense. Uh, their their X's and O's left a lot to be desired on that end of the court. But the problem is, you know, the Lakers were playing later than every other team in the NBA but one. And by the time that season is over, 
all of those really good coaches have been have have been swooped up. So, uh, and then and then usually those coaches are going to take those opportunities because they're saying, well, that coaching staff won a championship. They aren't going to be looking to make too many changes. So let's go ahead and take whatever opportunities we can get right now. So it's it's kind of a bummer to see how that went. Alvin Gentry going to Sacramento seemed like a, a really good idea for a hire, but it's pretty clear that he's he went there as Luke Walton's inevitable replacement. And with he, he wasn't that that's not a situation he was gonna walk into here with the Lakers. So if in terms of just sheer opportunity, that move makes a lot more sense for him than coming to the Lakers, even if coming here and and reinvigorating the reinvigorating the offense and winning another championship would boost his standing it's not a clear path to a head coach potentially within the next year a head coach gig uh with within the next year so uh I, i'm 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 happy to see that the the that the staff is is intact just because it was such a big part of the culture that the Lakers put in place uh and and you don't want to mess with something like that uh MG's Raiders writes Anthony and Pete what is the reason that Kobe isn't mentioned as the greatest player of all time or even uh getting put in the combo well I've seen him get put in the combo plenty uh seeing as I mean, it's a conversation I don't really enjoy having because I, I I think it's it it oversimplifies what different guys did in different eras and all of that. Uh, but anytime I've seen that conversation held, you see plenty of people, whether it's former players, Lakers fans, former coaches, chiming in and saying Kobe belongs in the conversation. So I'm not gonna. I, I think it's a bit of a straw man to say that he isn't ever brought up in in that context. Um, if he wasn't, or if or if he doesn't come up as much as others have, uh, it's it's just you know there have been some phenomenal players, and you know Michael Jordan is somebody that Kobe was trying to be for for a large portion of his career, and if you're gonna try to have somebody who was very clearly. Uh, mimicking a lot of what Michael did both on and off the court by the way uh in terms of personality then if he isn't noticeably better than Michael you you probably just got to stick with Michael and then you know when it comes to Shaq who doesn't come up right he's he's the most dominant force in the history of the league that I've ever seen and you know Kobe benefited from that in ways that maybe other guys didn't benefit with with you know the 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 either best or second best players that they ever played with so uh you know lebron by the time his career is over right he's somehow he's going to be heading into year 18 and he's i think the second best uh betting favorite to win mvp next season that's insane you didn't say that about kobe so uh i i think kobe there are aspects of of what kobe brought to the sport that have him in that conversation but in my opinion he falls a little short of the michaels the uh lebrons and 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 guys of that tier of player it's basically a two-person race a two-man race at that tier of of the league and then i would have kobe 
and like the next tier down where he's alongside magic and Kareem. Actually, Kareem is in that first tier. So it's magic and then like Kobe and bird and Duncan and Shaq and in that tier and then so on and so forth from there. I, 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 to be honest, so it's, it's my least favorite way to talk about the league. So it's not something I think about very often. Uh, let's take another quick second here. When we come back, I'm going to finish off with uh, the last few of your questions. All right, next question here comes from Shady Saleh. Uh, hey guys, I hear you talking about wing players all the time, but I don't really get what that entails. Is it dependent on a player's position or size? What wing players do the Lakers have right now? So to me, I identify wing players. So this is where there's an almost theological debate, right? Tech, excuse me, technically speaking, KCP is a wing, since he usually he's he's a two. And he would play on one of, you know, the portion of the court that he would play on is on the right wing. Usually that's where your, your, your two guard plays and then your, your three plays on the left wing or vice versa, right? Meaning that they're, they're uh, above the break at, you know, if you were to just put, you know, your point guard and then your two wings on either side of, of the court above the break at the three-point line, and then you think of, you know, your, your, your bigs as your power forward on one side and your center on the other block, right? And that's how, so usually some people define wings as anybody who fills those two spots on the side of the court that are above the three-point line. Uh, I kind of disagree. I, I think of it more by size. So while KCP, tec- KCP technically plays on the wing, I have him more as a guard, Right, so I go guards, wings, bigs is how I how I identify players. And with wings, I'm looking at anybody six, 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 seven, and you know anyone from six, seven to yeah, I mean, you have like Kevin Durant who's a seven footer, uh, but you have anybody in that kind of size range who can dribble, who can shoot, who can move their feet, who just they move like wings. And then you have bigs who you know, very clearly move bigs. They're, they move like bigs. They're slower. Uh, there are some guard, you know, some matchups on the perimeter that they can't quite handle for me, the wing. And this is why I have wings as the most important players in basketball, because they can handle the ball. You look at all of the championships over the last, since I would say Duncan retired, all of the championships have had a Kawhi Leonard, a LeBron James, a Kevin Durant, right? One of those, one of those kinds of players. Uh, Harrison Barnes is is the one outlier to this conversation, but that championship was won over a LeBron James team. So, typically speaking, if you have an absolute elite wing, you are going to be in the in the in the running for a championship. So long as the rest of your team isn't some outright disaster. If you have LeBron, if you have KD and he's healthy, if you have Kawhi, if you have Giannis, those guys are going to win championships. And then from there, do you have role players who can do some of those things, you know, albeit to a lesser extent, or check fewer boxes than those guys? Like Kuzma is a wing. And 
Uh, Danny Green is is a little small. He's he's at the lower range of where you would usually think of a as of a wing, but those guys, you know, they they when they're on the court, they tend to have higher uh, net ratings just because of the things that they can do on the court. They can switch. They can hit three pointers. They can occasionally handle the ball, uh, and then and then defensively, they they are versatile enough. And so long as they aren't complete, you know, swinging doors, they they tend to be very valuable. So that's how I define wings. Some people define them by the portion of the court that they fill, but I look at it more from the standpoint of of that, but also skills that they bring to the table and their size. The size is very important to me, and I know like my friends who also cover the NBA, say I'm very reductivist about this and other things, but size matters in basketball. It always has. It always will. And the team that has the the big wing that can handle the ball, that can pass, that can defend multiple positions, that can shoot, that can finish at the rim, you know, all of those things, and also defend their butt off, every, you know, not just in terms of switchability, but but can can rotate and can rebound and then can rebound and go like those are the most important players in basketball and actually that's why I find it such an interesting point that Pete makes sometimes where he says we should maybe start thinking about Anthony Davis not as a big but as like a super big wing because of everything that he can do on the court and and I tend to agree with Pete on that one uh, let's go a couple more questions here. KCP's Anklet writes, Anthony and Pete, uh, this is the first time I've posted a question question since the Lakers rightfully reclaimed the throne of the NBA. And I got to tell you, it feels awesome, fellas. It does. Anthony, I got uh, Anthony. this question is geared more towards you as I don't think Pete will be able to touch on it much. Uh, do you think the Lakers would have won a championship this year if Magic was still president of basketball ops? I hate to look into the pa- back into the past, uh, given the Lakers are champions right now, but I'm curious what you think. How much, how different do you think the roster would have looked? And do you think that roster would have been in championship contention? Do you think Palinka and Magic could have gotten past their differences and put together a championship team if Magic wouldn't have stepped down? Thanks for answering, and uh, let's keep partying. Lakers 2020 champs. I'm telling you right now, I tweeted this the other day. So Lakers win a championship. Uh, we had a trip down, a family trip down to the Gulf, and then from there we I, I celebrated my birthday this weekend, and then potentially on Tuesday the Dodgers might wrap up a their first World Series in 32 years, and I'm telling you right now, my body is in shambles, <laughs> but it's 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 in shambles for good reason, and and I hope everybody out there is, is celebrating uh, safely as well. And to be clear. Went to the Gulf and stayed in our house, and and you know it was just family. It was it was very socially distanced and safe. I would be a huge hypocrite if it wasn't. Uh, but anyway, uh, the to to answer the actual question about magic, oof, man, I'm gonna try to be delicate because I don't know the guy very well. But he doesn't strike me as somebody who is very good at admitting his own mistakes. You know, even even when he stepped down, the act was a recognition of the fact that he wasn't up to the task, right, of the day-to-day operations and those things. But 
as he was stepping down, one, the way that he stepped down was hugely unprofessional. And two, after he stepped down, he went on that media uh, roller coaster where he was telling anybody who would listen about how he was wronged uh, by somebody, meaning Palenka, in the, the, the Lakers front office. And that to me... That to me is is not somebody who I think would have, you know, really retooled the roster the way that the Lakers were able to. The other thing, uh, and it depends on on your reading of the situation and and who you talk to, but it doesn't sound like the New Orleans Pelicans were all that interested in negotiating with Magic Johnson. Um, they 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 seem to take Rob Pelinka. Rob Polinka, a little bit more seriously. And, you know, part of this too is that Dell Demps isn't there anymore. And David Griffin came in and understood what, what he had to do and what was on the line if he if he fell short of expectations with his very first and most important task. So that was a big part of it too. But the Pelicans seemed to have soured on the way that Magic was was conducting business. Uh, and, and then finally, you know, I just... Again... Uh, this is this is some of it is is uh, you know kind of relaying what others have heard and then I've I've had it confirmed as well, but he he wasn't around as often as you needed to be to be successful. Like this is you know I talked about this the other day uh, when I was I was talking about the hire of Stan Van Gundy in New Orleans, and uh, look Stan Van Gundy is a fantastic coach. He helped revolutionize the sport with his spread pick and roll approach. Uh, and yet he went to Detroit and asked for player personnel powers and responsibilities and was a disaster. It's that's you're asking for two full-time jobs and not just two full-time jobs, by the way, but two of the most competitive full-time jobs you can possibly have in the country, if not the world. And, you know, with, with magic, I don't think he devoted enough time to, really take care of the nuts and bolts of of running an organization and you know it showed quite frankly and i think and then you know conversely i think it showed that rob polinka did fully commit to really hashing out the details like everybody kind of laughed at the lakers trying to get five million extra bucks uh, of cap space with that whole luol dang thing but like that, that that's the move of a shrewd former agent who is interested in getting any and every advantage he can possibly find as he reads through the CBA and 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 is still focused even after winning a championship like that's that was I I found that to be a very cool attempt you know and so long as obviously uh Lou Walting would have kept all his money which it, it which appears that was going to be the case so uh, to answer the actual question, I don't, I don't know. Like, would the roster look that different? Well, it, it might have because I'm not sure that he would have been able to trade for for Anthony Davis, just given how some of those negotiations ha- have gone behind the scenes. But uh, beyond even that, like, w- would he have acknowledged that the experiment of putting ball handlers around LeBron James and not maybe defenders? Uh, would he have acknowledged that that was a failure and and a disaster? If he wouldn't have acknowledged that, and I'm not sure he would have because of the stuff I was talking about before, uh, I then a lot of the moves to correct those mistakes don't get made. 
And I think that would have been, you know, obviously a very serious mistake. So, look, I don't want to besmirch the dude. I'm, I've, you know, everybody has moved on at this point, and the Lakers are champions, and apparently Magic and and uh, at least Genie Bus, and you know, he says that he and Rob Palenka's friendship is is fine, and I'll believe him because I don't know enough about the situation to to call him a liar, but. It looks like everybody has moved on and everybody has moved to a more productive place. Magic is back to being magic and probably making all kinds of, you know, incredibly intelligent business decisions and making all kinds of money as a result of it. And and that's just what he's better at right now. And that's what he's better, you know, served. That's 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 where he's better served. His time is better served. So I'm just glad it worked out for for everybody. I'm glad that the Lakers were able to move on. I'm glad that Rob Polinka was able to step in, hit the ground running, and put together a championship t- team. And I'm glad Magic is still well. That's I, all I can do is ask for the best for that dude. He's an icon. He's always going to be uh, one of, if not my absolute favorite Laker. Uh, he's always going to to hold a special spot in in every Laker fan's heart. And and we've all moved on. And you know. We've moved on to the tune of the 17th championship in Los Angeles Lakers history. All right, one more question here. Anthony and Pete, I wanted to thank you guys for furthering my love for the Lakers. I appreciate that. You guys have eased my many car rides uh, to and from work for me this year. Each pod feels like a breeze and just rolls on by for me. If you two had to choose between Jeremy Grant and Danilo Gallinari for your main offseason acquisition, who would you pick? Man, that's a good one. I'd have to think about this more because that's really, really close. Because I think Grant is also younger. Grant also fits in a little bit better with what the identity was this year. But Gallinari is such a good shooter and is is would be such a perfect fit. Like I don't know how you defend the Lakers if Gallinari is out there on the court with those guys. But even there, like I don't know how you score on the Lakers if your front court is LeBron James, G- Jeremy Grant, and Anthony Davis. So uh, I say Gallinari just because I think he's just a, a better overall player at this stage of his career, but that is really freaking close. And to be absolutely clear, I don't think the Lakers will have access to either guy. They're, all they can offer right now is that mid-level exception, and both those guys are probably priced above that spot. So. That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked on Lakers podcast. Thank you guys a ton for all of your questions. And and uh, thank you guys for listening to my ramblings here as I try to get myself to go to bed after that thrilling Lakers or Dodgers win. Uh, make sure you guys, by the way, are checking out Locked on Dodgers. They put together Vince uh, and, and Snydog over there, put together an incredible product. They have covered this team really, really well. Uh, and, and, uh, you know, I, I can't say enough about that show. So if you enjoy this show and you're a Dodgers fan, go check out Locked on Dodgers, uh, as they cover hopefully a world series championship as well. Have a great rest of your day. Peace